Hello and welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. Hi, everybody. It's Lindsay and Krista. Welcome to the show. We got you bookended one in LA, one in New York. How you feeling? Taking over, baby. <laughs> feeling good. I got a I got a cat in my lap. There's never, I'm never not without cat, honestly. <laughs> Having animals is no joke. I really did not. I thought it was like roommates, like every once in a while you'd mm-hmm. see them. And you would just be like, hey, I'm going to watch TV. Do you want to come? And like, no, it's like full on. Especially animals, cats. Literally. Dude, no, especially dogs. Cats, I thought were no, like... No, that's what I, I mean. I didn't give a shit about you. <laughs> yes. I thought like cats were like, just like sitting on top of like dressers and like looking at you. But our cats are so full on. It's actually insane. But it's crazy how it just makes you love. It like mm-hmm. makes you just love all the time. I'm like, oh my God, animals, again, I've said this a hundred times are the biggest life hack for raising your vibe, I swear. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't need to do anything because they help create the vibe of love just by being them. Yep, completely. And you don't... Or I feel like animals slow you down. Like even if you're like oh, walking yes. on the street and you see like a cute yes. little dog, you're like, oh, yes. let me take a moment and yes. admire you and pet you and just like be in your your yes. presence. <laughs> I didn't know it was weird to like pet stray animals. And I've been like doing that lately. And my friends are like, what are you doing? I'm just petting this cat. And they're like, is that your cat? I'm like, no. They're like, is it a stray cat? I'm like, maybe. They're like, that's so weird. I'm like, no, it's not. They're like, like there's a huge bald patch on this cat. Dude, with, honestly, with... In my neighborhood, we call it, we do the catwalk at night. We do mm-hmm. it like 7 p.m. at dusk. Cats are out in a fucking bout. Mm-hmm. I've seen like 16 cats one night. Wow. In your neighborhood too. Yeah. 16 cats. It. Well, they smell you. You know, they know. Yes. They know. Sometimes they look at me. We say, we count how many. We say how many old cats that we've already seen, how many new, and then how many close encounters. <laughs> close encounters are when we get to pet them. <laughs> Dude, fully. Those fully, are bonus. Bonus. <laughs> bonus. Those are bonus. We're like, how many close encounters did you have? <laughs> like one. <laughs> and I'm here in New York and I'm looking across the way and I see... Two little kitties in windows. <laughs> oh yes, I saw those kitties. But you don't, you don't really see cats just about chilling, and about. out and about. Yeah. No, the or dogs. You don't really see much animals out and about. Oh, oh, I see a ton of dogs. Everyone has dogs, but there's no. I guess not stray ones. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. Do you see yeah. stray dogs a lot? <laughs> um, sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I make them stray in my mind. <laughs> But they're just in their time, backyard. <laughs> yes. When I was in Chile, I was there for this trip. Mm. And I was there walking around in the morning and there was like a pack of wild dogs. And I don't, I I was actually very scared. It was like, they were like 13 of them. Mm. And I was like, yo man, if I smell like something, these dogs could totally go after me. It was Whoa. wild. Oh, I know. I'm alive. I made okay. it. <laughs> I made it. I'm excited about our episode today. This one is like <laughs> such a dream one. It was so many months in the making. I can't remember when we first talked to Olivia and her team about making this happen. And it just so happened when we were together in New York a couple months ago. And she is so awesome, like better than I could have ever thought. And I just feel like we vibed in both our interview on her show and then her interview on our show. Yeah. Oh, I was surprised to learn. I don't know why I didn't know this. Um, that she's still in her 20s, you know? And yeah. not that age is like a thing, but I was just so blown away by just 
I don't know. I think of myself at 20 and I'm like, oh man, she was still flying around, just not she said, quite she's there. She's like, I just started my Saturn return. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, you're supposed to like figure it out after your Saturn return, but like not like not before. But it's very much, you know, of course, on the outside, you know, who knows what's true, but it's like, dude, has her own business. Yes. Super successful. It's so wild. It is so, so wild. And what I love too about this conversation, and I thought we were going to go into it and talk a lot about more so health and wellness and herbalism. Yes. And um, while we we touched on that, I was I was really glad that we were able to have her open up about like where she is at in real time, especially on her spiritual journey. And as like a fellow entrepreneur, a fellow podcaster, a female in the space, it was like very liberating to talk to her about something specifically she did really recently, which kind of feels spiritual to those that are like kind of grinding every day, which was like a three week, a three week break. And I think when you are so plugged in to social media, to your work, to your team, to getting things done and being on timelines and having tons of goals and meeting them, it's like when you unplug, it's like you're really able to, I don't know, it's like it's like coming back to your own center, which can be kind of earth shattering because it's like things are there. Things are there that you probably haven't touched on or looked at in a while. But yeah, I just, I loved her share about that because it was very inspiring for us. <laughs> yeah, she took three weeks off. I mean, she's someone that she had her page before was her and her partner. And then she transitioned to just her and she's been sharing her life since she said that she was young. And so she's been sharing almost every single day. And when you're so plugged into that like social media life, it's hard. And I feel like anyone, you know, any one of us, it's really hard to, mm-hmm. to tune off. But she did psilocybin. So we talked a lot about psilocybin and her experience with psilocybin. She shared really openly and honestly about that, which is freaking fascinating. Um, and the one thing that is powerful about psilocybin is it really helps you see yourself in like a very gentle way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you just get this clarity that you can come to realizations about about you that if anyone else told you, you'd be like so offended. You know, yeah. you'd be like, oh my gosh, I am deeply judgmental, mm-hmm. you know, and psilocybin could be like, you're judgmental and you're like, oh my God, I'm judgmental. But if someone was like, hey, you're judgmental, you'd be like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like the yeah. medicine or mushrooms, whatever. Calling it the medicine doesn't feel right to me, but I know that is like, I guess the right thing to say in spirituality, but it just, psilocybin is beautiful for that. Like that ability to really see yourself and your flaws in like a really gentle way. Yeah. Well, I feel like it, it shows truth and then holds you. It's like, yes, this is what's true. Mm-hmm. Now, do you need a hug? <laughs> and it's yes. just like, and there's no judgment. There's no like conditionality to, so now that I have realized I'm conditional, this is what's going to happen. It's just like kind of, uh, it's like saying you have, I don't know, blue eyes. It's like, it's a, it's a part of you yes. that doesn't always warrant that judgment. But she was talking about how she was working on that, especially within her relationship. It was like mirrored to her there as well which I thought was so, so interesting. But yeah, this was really, really fun. And we got to see her in person, which, you know, you know, we totally uh, prefer. Um, mm-hmm. There's just something about the energy. Her team was so amazing. And we're also on her show. Mm-hmm. It was a good one. 
yeah, there, it feels like it's hard for me to delineate what was ours and what was hers. I know. Because they just felt like they flowed so well. So definitely listen to us on her show. What's the juice? It is out now. Olivia is like true. She's such a Leo energy to me of like confidence, like just like very intoxicating. And so I think this is such a great collab. I've been a user of Main Magic, her hair growth drop forever. That's like one of my number one recommendations for growing your hair out. I recommend that. Nutrafol, collagen, moisturizing more often, not blow drying it, all these things. But that was like one of my number ones, like was her main magic supplement. So I've been a fan of her supplements for a long time. And so it was good to like a little bit talk about herbalism, but more so about the psilocybin experience. But she's like been bawling for a while. Yes. Make sure you check our show notes. So we'll have a link to her products um, and a discount code for you all. So there are capsules, tinctures, syrups, teas, um, different bundles for a ton of different benefits like skin and energy and detoxification and everything is just so, so clean and according to traditional herbalism. So check that out. And just wanted to shout out, we had the pleasure of recording in our new New York studio, thanks to Joybird. So y'all know we've been Joybird fans for ever and ever and have uh, adorned our LA studio with Joybird furniture. We just love them, trust them. It's it's furniture you'll have forever, Um, Mm -hmm. custom furniture. So here in New York, I have the Braxton sleeper sofa, which is great. So I can convert this room and it's beautiful. It's sturdy. I also have the Jolie swivel chair. So we love a swivel chair (laughs) with Mm -hmm. podcasting and uh, the Amina coffee table. So we just created like a little podcast lounge, but highly recommend Joybird. You can get a discount at joybird.com slash almost 30. But thank you all for listening. If this episode rocked your world. Please, please share it with someone that you love. Uh, make sure that you also listen to our episode on Organic Olivia's podcast, What's the Juice? And we will see you on the next one. Yep. You can follow Organic Olivia online, Organic Olivia, and then shop Organic Olivia for all of her products and herbs and the main magic that I talked about. And we love you guys. Love you. Bye. Major announcement from Almost 30. We are hosting Space Camp on January 28th. This is our favorite event of the year. Camp Almost 30 has gotten a little bit of a rebrand because we were feeling like, I think we're ready to really go there (laughs) with our community. So we are welcoming guests who we feel have really taken us to a whole other planet in our interviews and in our conversations with them. So guests like Brie Melanson, she is going to be doing a workshop on psychic development, find and tap into your gifts. She is a teacher and channel and one who has really been such a support and teacher for Chris and I throughout the years. We are welcoming Jordan Younger. So she is going to help us find our galactic Origins. She is the podcast host of the Balanced Blonde podcast. She's an author. She's a spiritual teacher. We're also welcoming Lee Harris, who recently was on the podcast in a two-part episode, and he is going to channel the Z's live for us. How special. He does not do this often, so we feel very, very, very lucky. And we will also be welcoming Sandra Walter. So she is going to be teaching on Ascension 101. 
the Crystalline Grid and Higher Realm Support. She is so special. She's a light worker and teacher and has been on the podcast. And Kristen and I are going to be sharing a very, very, very special experience, heavenly coated Reiki infused sound bath. And I'm excited for you all to join us. So this is happening on January 28th from 10 to 2 p.m. PST. Make sure you sign up. Space is limited, but it's absolutely free. Absolutely free. We're excited to welcome you. And this is the kickoff to membership opening. So membership is going to be open indefinitely now. So you can join membership for six months at a time and really, really focus uh, and support your growth. It is our favorite place to just come and be ourselves and really get super intimate with you all, more intimate than on the podcast. So I'm excited for you all to join the membership, but head to almost30.com slash space dash camp. That's almost30.com slash space dash camp, space dash camp. (laughs) Say that 30 times. Almost30.com slash space dash camp to sign up for camp. Absolutely free. We will see you on January 28th. I feel like we've had you on our list of someone we've wanted to talk to for so long. And then when we saw you connected with Milana, one of our best friends, we were like, yes, this is perfect. (laughs) And then we were coming to New York and we get to do a swap. And you know, we were talking before about so many different things. And I was just like, oh my gosh, we need to stop talking because I want everyone in our audience to just like hear everything that you've been doing, everything that you've been going through. You're so open. You're so cool. You really like do the work. And so I think there's so many things I want to talk about today, but first welcome. We're so glad to have you. Thank you. And I, I really feel that. I feel how welcoming and loving you guys are. And I feel like I already know you. So I thanks know. for I feel so comfortable. I know. I'm always so thankful loose. when I get that feeling. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? I'm yes. like, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this, is, this is my people. 100%. <laughs> Um, before we hopped on though, you started to talk to us and we quickly stopped you because we want to talk about it on the pod. But for someone who is you know, your life and business or part of your life and business is based online Mm -hmm. and on social media. And yeah, I would love for you to talk about your recent uh, experience of completely turning off everything, uh, whether it's social media, Slack, connection to emails, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Why and what that experience is like? Because I've never I mean, done that before. <laughs> I, I went to a silent retreat and I was silent, but I also had my phone in my room and I was like dirty scrolling a few times. <laughs> dirty scrolling? <laughs> Just like, like, like uh, it's pretty bad. But anyways. Well, I will say one thing about Slack that I took from this time away is that you can turn your Slack notifications off sometimes and then just intentionally go on Slack once an hour and check it. And that's been... Sometimes I see that on our team and I feel like personally offended. I'm like, oh, they turn notifications off. Do they not want to hear from me? Mm -hmm. But it's like boundaries, right? 100%. Yeah, so I started um, my my Instagram documenting my life, I guess. Um, back when like insanity was popular, remember the exercise regimen? So oh this was like, I, I was, was like, like, she can't be talking about that. I know. <laughs> Just to give you yes. like that anchoring in time. So that must have been um, 2012. And I just, Nick and I actually started my Instagram together. It used to be called an organic kind of love. <laughs> and then I changed it to organic Olivia. So I've been, yeah, sharing my life on the internet since 2012. And I realized that I've never taken time fully off in a way where I'm not, you know, producing myself in a way or perceiving how I'm being perceived and where I'm not constantly thinking about the next meeting or my to-do list. And 
sometimes you just get so full that you just want some time to be empty. And I was reading a book um, in tandem with this realization and it said, an empty room is useful. When a room is full and packed to the gills, you can't do anything with it. And I'm like, okay, I really need to take some time for just nothingness so that I can... I didn't know what I needed to see, but I wanted to see more. I felt a little you know, lack of inspiration on my path. I wanted to be more of service. I wanted to go into my 28th year in my Saturn return right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So many things have been happening and really deepen that purpose and that path because I personally can't be happy if I'm not serving others and and helping and feeling like I'm meeting my true potential. So um, I took three weeks off for the first time ever. (laughs) Intentionally, I told my team, I planned out my social calendar for the month, approved my captions, had everything running in the background, Um, And everyone was really supportive and that was so sweet. And I just fully unplugged. And I thought that I was going to spend this month meditating and reading and just the answers were going to come to me and it was going to be a breeze and easy. And the first day that I took off, I all of a sudden woke up and it felt like something was stuck behind my eye. And it was like something was scratching me. I couldn't, every time I blinked, it would hurt. I would try to go to sleep at night. And as soon as my eyes would start to shift and I would enter REM sleep and you know they kind of twitch, it would scratch and it would hurt. And I couldn't sleep for almost three, I think it was three nights straight. Oh. And my birthday was on the 12th. I had taken off a few days before then. And I realized I'm not gonna be able to enjoy my birthday party. I can't sleep like, and I'm afraid of the eye doctor. <laughs> so I haven't been to the eye doctor in a really long time or I hadn't been. And the universe basically was forcing me on the last day of being 27 to go to the eye doctor. There was something there that I needed to do. I needed her to check my eye. So I went and she's like, I'm so sorry that you're suffering, but there's nothing in your eye. And I don't know if it's an allergic reaction. I don't know if it's scratching your cornea and it's healing so quickly when you blink that I just can't see it. But I don't know what to tell you. Like try these eye drops and (laughs) just, just go home. And so my birthday was the next day. And because I was a little sleep deprived, I started to think about things differently. Like, you know, when you're fed up and you hit that wall and you're like, oh, if I could just have sleep, if I could just have my eye better, I would would just appreciate life so much more. I appreciate my eyes now. I appreciate things like my perspective and my vision. You're like, God, I get the lesson. Now let's have it be over. I always do that. I'm like, got it, God. Uh, Let's move on. Exactly. I'm like, okay. And I thought I got the lesson, but not yet. And so I was just so fed up with all of this. And Nick had created this beautiful birthday party for me. He had rented this boat and all of my friends were coming and we were going to do this extravagant party. And I just woke up on my birthday and was like, none of this matters. Like, I don't need a boat. I'm not that special. I'm not that important. Like, I just want to be happy and around the people I love on my 28th birthday. So I started to have Mm -hmm. this like, self-awareness like this let's be like less selfish or like let's be less uh it's all about me you know and as a leo it's just kind of like my nature mm-hmm. i had a great birthday went to bed that night i was still killing me i was like no way i'm going to go on a fourth night of 2 hours of sleep and in the middle of the night i was in a twilight state and i just heard a i guess a thought in my head that said that man over there can help you with your eye And I turned around again. I don't know if I was awake or dreaming, but I turned around and I saw my grandfather standing next to my bed. And I had never met my grandfather. He passed before I was born, but I've seen pictures of him, a few here and there. And uh, he was in a gray suit. It was oversized. He was like very gaunt, like his cheekbones were popping out. He had a black hat on. 
he was very short and I didn't know what his height was. And I asked my dad, he's like, yeah, he used to wear a gray suit. He was short. And I said, Grandpa Joe, can you help me with my eye? Can you help me? Please, can you help me? Wait, were you not scared? No, no, not at all. I had such an odd sense of peace. It was like a... An out-of-body yeah. birthday yeah. experience. <laughs> like, yeah. wow. And I said, please help me with my eye. And I, I like turned around, got really cozy and like tried to settle back in. And I just felt as if something was like pulled out of my eye, like from out of my head. And all of a sudden the feeling was just gone. And I, I didn't understand what it meant at first. I thought it was amazing. I called my uncle, I called my dad and they're like, well, <laughs> kind of like say a prayer and thank him. Mm-hmm. But that weekend, I ended up going to memorial for my uncle who passed last year. We couldn't hold a service for him. So we gathered this year and I walked in and I, my grandfather's side of the family who I had never met before was standing there. They were like, Olivia, we haven't seen you since you were an infant. And all of a sudden, I, I spent that whole day learning about my grandfather and my grandfather's side and all of these family members that I've lost connection with that... You know, I, I realized it's really just me and my cousin and we, our family is so disconnected and we've lost our roots. And where is he from in Italy? Where, where am I from? And I, I started to just think outside of myself, think about my family and realize that it's not just me and it's not just about me. There's all of these other people. And I think in terms of COVID and, and what happened with my parents, because my parents got very ill during COVID, that was my first realization. It was like the day my Saturn return started. It was like when they got sick. That was my first realization of how disconnected my immediate family was. And we did a lot of work there, but then this was like my extended. And I just, again, started to see outside of myself. It's not about me. It's, there's all this family here. And I went home that night and I researched the town that he's from. I started researching my culture more and I started to map out my family tree and, and saw how many people there are and realize that when you lose sight of family and, and you think it's just about you, you do get selfish more easily. You are more self-centered and just started to see myself differently. Then I went back to the eye doctor, got my eyes actually checked just because I was like, all right, I already did it once. Let's do it. And I went to a behavioral optometrist, which is a totally, de- it's, it's still a doctor, but um, it's a developing part of the science. It's a niche. And um, she kind of explains how your eyesight, we just interviewed her for our podcast. She explains how um, your eyesight and the way that you see and the specific vision issues that you have shape your personality and the way that you move through the world and the way that you treat others and just your perception. And I found out that I can see pretty well up close, but I can't really see far away. And I found out that Nick, my fiance, can see really well far away, but can't see really well up close. Nearsighted and farsighted, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yes. I always get the two confused. That's me, honey. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I don't know which is which though. So she's like, you know, people who can see well up close and can't see far, you tend to focus on these details. You're very type A. You don't love when things don't go your way or they're not in order. And you sometimes can't see the big picture or, you know, I, I kind of took it as sometimes you can't see others' needs, but you can see your own and you can see your to-do list. And that's mm. very much how I am. Whereas Nick, you guys know, my fiance, he's an actual earth angel. I don't know where he came from. He's always thinking about the big picture, the harmony, the whole, everyone around him, creating a cohesive, loving environment, isn't thinking about himself enough sometimes and can't really focus on that to-do list or those tasks in front of him because he's like, do these matter? There's all of this out there. There's space. We haven't explored the ocean. I want to know why that tree grows like that. I, I want to know why this person's not feeling well. Like he's so out there and I'm so right here. 
And we work so well together because of that. But at the same time, there's balance to be had on both sides. And so I, again, that was another piece of the puzzle where I started to think about myself and my behavior and how I am and started to see things more clearly after my grandfather like cleared my vision or whatever happened. And so then I, for the first time in my life, took a substantial dose of psilocybin mushrooms. A few days later, I, I was reading these books. I was getting all these insights. More and more was resonating. Mm. I picked up this book called What Are You Doing With Your Life by Krishnamurti. And I recommend it to everyone that I meet. And it was talking about this very thing, self-awareness, self-knowledge, understanding your own behavior, what love really is and how you must remove yourself and expectations and what can I get in return? Can I get acknowledgement if you want to exhibit true love? So yeah, I I did these mushrooms and I sat there with Nick and we started speaking about our vision and our vision differences. Did he do them as well? He did them with me, yes. Yeah, and um, yeah, he did. So... (laughs) Thought he was just like kind of supporting. <laughs> well, no, I he had taken them a few years ago in Amsterdam with my two best girlfriends, and I was wow. I didn't take them, and I was facilitating them, and it was such a magical experience to be a facilitator. And so, in this experience, he took less than me so that he could facilitate me, but he still wanted to be in that open-hearted mm. mode and moment. And so, yeah, he uh, we're talking about vision, and I'm like, wait, why? Why do you care so much about things that are out there? Why do you love outer space so much? He loves astronomy. Same with my... Yes. And the pyramids. Yes. Sacred geometry, outer space, Mm -hmm. the pyramids. Exactly. And I'm like, wow, you spend so much time thinking about what's up there and staying curious about it. I'm like, how when we're... There's so much to do on this rock right here. I have a to-do list. You're like, have you seen my Slack? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly goes back to the Slack, right? And all of this, I have to do this, me, me, me. And he's like, if you don't take interest in what's up there, you'll never know yourself. And he's, it just explained. And I, and I looked at him and I'm like, oh, I could take more of an interest in you too. Why don't I ask you about your love for space more often? Why don't I listen more when you want to show me a, a YouTube video about astronomy? Why am I like so into my own needs and my to-do list? And why do I think that's any more important than anyone else? And I connected it to the vision and I just looked at him. I said, I'm a little self-centered, aren't I? He said, yeah. (laughs) And he said, I I couldn't tell you that. You had to see it and it's okay. And it was the most loving moment. And and like, and you know, when you have psilocybin mushrooms in your system, there's no judgment because there's just truth. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, you just have a deep understanding that this is just the way it is and it's okay because now you see the truth and that's great. And so I wasn't beating myself up for it. It was just pure acceptance and exploration. And and he's like, you know, can I say a few things to you without offending you? And I'm like, absolutely. And so we just had this conversation and he's like, you know, it's a trend in a sense in your family. You guys are very type A, you are very similar. And and yeah, you don't really see about outside of yourself sometimes. And I saw that reflected in my family tree. I was thinking about that tree that I mapped. I'm like, wow, we don't stay connected with these people. oh my goodness. And yeah, we just had this moment and he's just like, he brought up me not watching his show. You know, those little things in relationships that really matter. And I just started bawling. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I can see it now. Mm -hmm. And I just had this moment of pure self-awareness. And (laughs) 
it was like my eyes were fully open to my mm. own behavior. And I just kept saying like, I really, I really display poor behavior sometimes. And I, I'm going to change it because it's like, it's in my vision now. And I just was blind before. And not that I'm a bad person. Like I spoke to my therapist about it and she's like, remember that this is why you can be successful. You have that you can, you can lock in like a pit and just get your stuff done and shut out the world. There are pros and cons to everything. And don't think he's not selfish too. We're human. And I said, I know it's, it's fine, but I can be better. And that's exactly what I wanted from this month off was to understand how to be better. And that was actually the last night before I went back to work. It was my last night of my three, three week experiment wow. and all this. And he said, oh, you go back to work tomorrow? Aww. And I'm like, yeah. And he said, I was just getting used to you like this. Oh, kill me. And I I just thought so much about that sentence. What is me like this? What is me when I'm not working? Not saying that I'm not going to continue working. I love what I do. I I find so much service in what I do. But how can I continue the selflessness that comes with me having time to think more about others? Me having time to think about my own behavior. How can I bring this reflection and this self-awareness into my everyday routine and action and how can I keep this up? Because I don't want him to ever lose this part of me. And I've just been integrating it ever since. I've been continuing the books that I'm reading. After that first book, I'm now reading The Courage to Be Disliked. And Nick and I now have a practice where in the mornings we wake up and I read a chapter or two of whatever you know self-improvement philosophical book that we're reading aloud while he draws so that we can reflect to each other about the lessons and continue basically this these realizations that we had on mushrooms but you know without having to use that plant medicine or overuse mm. it. So it's um, so interesting though too like when you're reading because I think about how much people read self-development books and there's such a difference in reading those books every day and having that true oh my god. Yeah. I'm self-centered. Yeah. Moment. Like it's, it's just so different because, and I do think reading the books is so important. I read them all, but it's just so different when you read and you're like, totally makes sense. And when you truly embody and integrate something about yourself, it's totally different. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just fascinating. And it's so beautiful too, when you can learn something about yourself in a safe environment and be like, oh my God. It's the ego death too, where you're like, oh, this part of me is dying. And I had that same experience on psilocybin where I was like, wow, that was like a really good version of me. Mm. I was like, oh, I was really, that was, I was a good one. I was like, oh, that was a really good Mm. one. And I'm okay letting it all go. You know, you have that safety. But when you were talking, you mentioned love and one of the books you were talking about with love. And I'd love to just like unpack that a little bit because I feel like I'm really learning what love is in a way that I didn't understand it before. You know, love without expectation, Mm. love without reason, you know, love without the unconditionality of love and what that really means. So in that book, what did you gather from it about love? I think you can experience and display true love for another when you fully remove the self from the equation. And I think in every moment you have to ask yourself, am I inserting myself here? Is there a part of me that is expecting something? What is my goal in this interaction? You know, and and really like that question of what is my goal, that's something that I got from The Courage to Be Disliked, which is the current book I'm reading. And I'm starting to develop these little like mantras or questions that I ask. So I ask, what would love do? What is my goal? And what is my task? And what is someone else's task in every mm-hmm. situation? Because it's the book teaches you don't take on others' tasks because that creates enmeshment and expectation and 
boundary crossing and all of that and resentment. Um, so yeah, it's, it's when you remove yourself and you just ask yourself in any conversation, am I kind of being petty here because my goal is to rile up the other person? Am I doing this act of service because my goal is to feel good about myself or get like a pat on the back? Am I? You just have to be radically, radically, radically honest with yourself and really have a conversation in your head before every action and ask, is it love? Is it kind? What's my goal? In this short period, like how has that changed your relationship? And as you've gone back to work, how have you been able to like kind of retain mm. those pieces that your fiance was like, oh, wow. Yeah, there you are. So the first day I went back to work, I, um, <laughs> I was so nervous. And my pattern, my neural pathway up until now has been to be nervous on a Sunday before a Monday, has been to be anxious or um, you know overthink I have this meeting at 11 and I'm not going to show up in this way or I have this podcast and I'm really nervous. And so I started to do that. Oh, I'm, I'm going to be so nervous to see how many Slack notifications I have. Oh, it's going to be so overwhelming. And to think of myself sitting at a computer alone, working remotely and just like slacking with myself, just like in a, in a vacuum was so not the way that I wanted to start. Right? That's so not like love and connection with my team. And so I just thought, what if I do things differently? Like after that mushroom experience and opening my even just perception and, and what's possible, I just thought, how can I do things differently? And I woke up and I, I texted my like three, three highest level team members and just said, hey, what time can you do a FaceTime today? Let's just check in. It's my first day back. I want to hear what's up. And I just, they're like, what's wrong? <laughs> like we're scared. I mean, I am notorious for asking for a FaceTime. I, I just, that. I love to like unformalized work sometimes. Yes, work. Yeah. Yes. Like <laughs> it's just, it can be so formal and it's like, let's yes. just do a quick check and take the stress off. Like I don't want to be ominously slacking someone. I need to meet with you to speak at 3 p.m. Like no, FaceTime me, what's up? So I, I had a FaceTime and, uh, you know, with my, my three angels and we chatted and they were just so happy that I was so present with them and that I just wanted to just connect. And it wasn't like a, how was, how was the numbers? How was this? It was just like, Hey, how was your how was your three weeks? Let me catch you up on mine. Like, tell me more. Like, mm. okay, like what are some tasks we want to focus on this week? How are we going to ease back in? And it was so open and it wasn't like my normal work style. And it I just did things differently. So that I guess is the first way. And the other way is that I'm just inserting myself so much less. And I'm I'm trying to think of self less. So another a friend of mine after my mushroom experience. Was like I think I could I think I could use that. And I was like, Would you like for me to facilitate? And she's like, Sure, let's do it. So she came over recently, and um, she had a very similar ego death experience. She and I are very like Leo Virgo rising, like a little entitled at times. Can't really see our own behavior. And um, she we we went into our car, well my car, and we went for a ride. And on our way home they kind of started to hit her. Like she just wanted to drive around a little bit, see nature. We're on the way home and they started to hit her. And she's talking to me and she's like, I think I could cry right now. And I was like, you should. And so she started to just sob. And I just turned the music up, rolled the windows down and was just so present and just me enjoying driving. I wasn't listening for her. I wasn't intruding on her moment of crying. I wasn't thinking, oh, am I supporting her correctly? What if she thinks I'm being weird? What if she thinks I'm like worried about her crying? All of those thoughts are just me inserting myself and she's yeah. going to feel that energy of me thinking about me. And I realized the best thing I can do is just 
and, it, and not even realize it just came naturally. It, the best thing I can do is feel nothing about how she feels. Mm. And I just focus on the road and I just felt nothing but peace and driving. And I didn't know two people could have so much privacy in a tiny car. And she felt it. And she thanked me so much when she came out of that like first journey she went into. She kind of like woke up laugh crying from whatever happened and was like, I felt that you were just holding space for me, that there was, mm. you were not taking up any, you were holding it. And I had, I don't think I've ever been able to fully do that before for someone else. Yeah, that's exactly true, holding space. And I didn't really realize what holding space was until maybe a few years ago where I'm from the Midwest. And so if someone is going through something, my intent, my inclination was like, oh my God, you know, like hug them, touch them. Yeah. You know, sort of, what can I do for them? What can I do for them? (laughs) And then also I match energy. So I would match their energy and I would get at whatever level they were at emotionally. Mm -hmm. I see, and I still have that issue where if I see someone cry, I'll start to cry. But I was realizing it's like, and then people are feeling like they have to then respond to you and they can't, they take, it takes them out of their moment. And to be able to be completely clear and like in your own when someone's having their own experience is actually the, the best bet. And when we do touch someone, it's almost like we're asking them to stop because you're like, you know, oh my God, feel better. And then it's like, mm. actually, that's like a, a message at times for people to actually stop whatever process that they're in. But a lot of what we're talking about when we're talking about holding space is so much energetics. It's actually really hard to understand Mm. if you don't understand your own energetic dynamic. It's really, really, really hard because if you're not understanding like how your energy is moving around you, how your energy is with other people, how your energy is with when you're alone, it's hard to imagine like how you can completely contain your own energy and your own thoughts in your body when you're with someone. But doing that for her, I mean, now that you know that and now you like can experience that, isn't that so powerful? So powerful. And you're right. It's an experience. Yes. It's just energy. It's It was my thoughts. I had to just stop my thoughts, my energy. I wasn't saying anything to her, but people can feel you. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you have to literally direct your energy to whatever you are doing and just create that independence, create that boundary so that they can, you're right, they yes. can have their moment. You're and not it's like, involved. I trust you. Yeah, yes. I trust you. Like I trust yes. whatever yes. it is. And yeah, I, that's just the reminder for for me. It's like that people are intuiting all the time. All the time. All the time. So if you're worried about someone, you know, whatever it is. So to kind of bring that back, but you know, for, with psilocybin, are you going to incorporate that regularly or how are you feeling about that practice? I've been incorporating a bit into microdosing. Yeah, my for husband sure. does that too. I think um, I'm someone who's, just struggled at times with mental health. And I have a lot more clarity about that since um, this experience. Because mm-hmm. sometimes me spiraling can just be me thinking about me a lot. And it's like, yeah. I can I can flip that script and help myself and um, continue my other practices that support my mental health. And um, yeah, I, I've been definitely experiencing more clarity, more creativity, more openness. I even notice that when I do microdose, when I um, create an Instagram story that's like new post or new whatever. <laughs> I just, I want to be more creative and colorful with it. I want to wear more color. I Aww. want to, like, I just feel like I'm opening up. And I mm. think there's definitely a balance to it. I wouldn't recommend, you know, willy-nilly, everyone go microdose, go try mushrooms. I, I spoke to my therapist about it and she said, be careful, you cannot rush consciousness. You can, it can be detrimental when wow. you try to rush consciousness. Wow. wow. And I realized if I hadn't done seven, eight years of therapy beforehand that softened me, that opened me. It was it was almost as though during this psilocybin experience, all of the little pings that I had before in therapy or all the times that I'd be talking to someone and I'd be like, 
I'm acting kind of weird. This person's kind of getting put off by me or like, I know I said something that was weird, but I don't know why. I just couldn't see. And it's like, now all those pings made sense of like, oh, I was like over talking. I was, I was just <laughs> taking up their space or I was making it all about me or I was just whatever. And I just realized that. So um, yeah, I love that. <laughs> my, my husband's been doing it and like, dude, his ideas. Yeah. He'll come through with these ideas. I'm like, yo, where are we at? Like, what is going on? But I have noticed it has like just opened his heart a little bit. Like it's softened him. It's really allowed him to just feel more like himself and he's allowing more of his creativity to shine because he's so, so creative. And I don't feel like he always had the permission. He didn't give himself the permission. And it's been beautiful, especially as like a man. Like he's like... Yeah, you know, to to allow yourself to be creative, I feel like isn't the first inclination for men. Mm-hmm. Completely. You know? How Completely. is he expressing that creativity? So he makes music, and then he's also um, in NFTs and DAOs and crypto. So yeah. he, they're making NFT art, and he's like just in his business life is just like doing all this stuff. Love, yeah, I love that. It's cool. so cool. He'll just come up with these ideas in the crypto space or in the DAO space, and I'm just like. It's like, <laughs> oh, I, I just am like, it's incredible. what is that? Like, it's mm-hmm. so wild. You can see, you know, yeah. <laughs> you can see. You mentioned like just your anxiety and, and possibly the root of that. Um, I was listening to your episode with your therapist that you did, which I thought was so, so good, so good and Thanks. so brave and just such a, a beautiful peek into what it could be like to be in therapy. Because I think a lot of people... Because we're like, yes, therapy, like, oh. <laughs> yes. but a lot of people are, you know, nervous about it. But um, so I really appreciated that aspect of it. But I would love to talk about that anxiety. In my experience, I met my anxiety like later in life. I didn't really realize that what I was experiencing earlier was anxiety. Mm. Um, and it would show up in really interesting ways. But I would love to talk about just how you've been able to bring awareness to the root of your anxiety, what it is. And are there any like just daily... Because sometimes I feel like it's like a moment by moment thing. I'm like, it is. whoa, okay. You know, it, it's not like I can do one thing in the morning and everything's cool the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So I would love to just have a little peek into that. Hmm. I think a lot of our anxiety as humans and certainly my anxiety stems from our interpersonal relationships, whether that's work relationships or our friendships or our partnership and who we are and how we're showing up and if we're good enough. And we tell ourselves a lot of stories. Um, so at this point, especially recently, I've just trying, I'm trying to become so much more aware of the stories that I'm creating and reminding myself not to create one that isn't there. And I'm trying to use these interpersonal relationships that can coax anxiety out of me as, again, a a lens, a learning tool. I think you can learn so much about yourself by the things that rile you up and the things that trigger you, um, about your patterns, about where your boundaries are. Um, Anger and anxiety are both really helpful that way. And I just try to yeah, use relationship and the anxiety that comes with it as a tool to observe myself and how I can show up better in each... I try to just turn it into a positive now. But um, I'm not going to say there aren't times where I just, it's like your body feels tense for no reason or, you know, you're just having this overwhelming feeling. And I think a lot of times that's that's burnout. That's just being overstimulated. That's needing that alone time. Um, and I've realized that it's a lot easier for me to be anxious or self, selfish when I'm tired, when I'm stressed, when I'm inflamed, when I'm hungry. 
So it's like also checking in with myself. What does my body need right now? Am I just burning the candle at both ends? And that's why my nervous system is going overboard and I feel out of control. I think we're in a society where we're so overstimulated by so many things. We're on our phones, of course. We talk about this all the time. Um, and you really have to check in and take the time and ground and take baths. Mm. <laughs> baths are my key. Yeah. <laughs> That's sort of life. It's, I, we life. have that tub. I have a tub at the place, but mm-hmm. it, we don't have a filter mm. on it yet. So every time I'm like, I'm, I, I can't do it because I'm like the water, it's like very chlorine in LA. Yeah. It's so bad. So I can't get in the tub, but I'm like dying to get a bathtub, get in the bath. But yeah, and I feel like for anxiety too, I think that's so important talking about like with the body and then even with like eating in your life, it's like, okay, what have you done today? Did you have coffee yes. on an empty stomach? And I know you talked about that. Yeah. And you talk, can you talk a little bit about that, your coffee? And yeah, no, I, and it's funny because if I don't have, I'm, I'm so big on eating breakfast and I know that intermittent fasting is a thing and I totally understand, um, you know, the autophagy aspect and why people do it and why it works for some people, especially men, you know, our hormones are so different. But I'm such a proponent of eating breakfast so that you can balance your blood sugar for the whole day. Because I realize if I miss that first meal, even if it's something light, even if it's just a little something that has a balance of fat, protein, and carbohydrates so that I'm stable, um, and I eat at 11 or 12, even if I eat a nice balanced meal then, it's just not the same for the rest of the day. It's almost like that day is like lost because mm. I'm just, I, I entered the roller coaster and I decided to, to make that entry. So it's very important to, especially if you are experiencing anxiety, if you have hormone issues, if you're not um, strong and in a state of homeostasis, I would definitely eat breakfast. If you're really strong and you're killing it and you have no hormone problems and you're just like thriving, sure, intermittent fast, experiment. But yeah, if you're if you're struggling, breakfast first and then coffee, because especially on an empty stomach, oh, yeah. you then drink coffee and it spikes your cortisol. But food is grounding, salt lowers cortisol, carbohydrates lower cortisol. So you're pairing cortisol lowering um, foods with a cortisol increasing substance. And then you're also, you have food in your stomach and you have fat in your stomach. So you're changing how quickly the caffeine is metabolized as well, how quickly it's digested. You kind of want to like keep that energy going for longer and then crash a little less. So it's important and protein, just having protein in that meal too. You know, it's, it's, it's so key for our hormones, for longevity, for preserving muscle mass. We really need to be mindful of protein. Yeah, that's kind of like the bulletproof mentality is incorporating the fat so that the caffeine is released at a slower state. Yeah. And I've noticed that too. I used to be like, what I used to do like pre-workout on an empty stomach. I was like doing tons of caffeine and it just makes you crash. And that's what led me to like having hormone health issues, you know, for years that I really didn't even know anything about hormones until I was having really bad issues. But what's your hormone health journey been like? I know you've talked about it before and I just find it so interesting. Well, hormone issues, the thing is they don't show up overnight yes. and then they take just as long to balance because the body needs to feel safe. So the body doesn't feel unsafe right away. It just, it happens over time. Um, <clears throat> my hormones definitely have been a journey for me, but more so my gut health. And I certainly had increased PMS, estrogen dominance, um, and hormone issues that many women have, irregular periods, because my gut health was off. And so that was reflected a lot in my skin. I had a lot of skin issues. I had a lot of gut issues. I was diagnosed with IBS. I was on antispasmodic drugs. I was you know, doing a lot of things to try to just stop my stomach pain or my stomach cramping that I just was mm-hmm. told, oh, it's just a condition. It's just a syndrome. 
Um, but in reality, it was my gut health, gut dysbiosis, overgrowth, you know, not eating the right foods, especially as a child, that would create a favorable environment for helpful bacteria that produce really beautiful um, molecules like short-chain fatty acids that are anti-inflammatory and fuel the cells that line your gut so that they can heal themselves. Um, and eating a lot of foods that are void of fiber or nutrition that were creating an unfavorable environment in the gut for the good bacteria. So through that, I learned that there are actually certain species of bacteria that can overgrow in the gut. If you have SIBO or if you have just general dysbiosis, they can actually recirculate estrogen over and over again through the gut wall. The bacteria do it. So it's like hormones are connected to everything. So it really was a gut health journey for me. And then as a result of focusing on gut health and microbiome balance, my hormones are now just so happy. And I'm just very regular with my cycle. You know, I was in... um... I was in Ibiza recently with my friend and I started my period on the full moon. She's like, yo, that's a flex. Oh, you're I was like, yo, Mm -hmm. I was on a boat in a bathing suit. So it wasn't amazing. But I was like, this is kind of (laughs) good. I felt cool about that. And then my location, I was like, wow, this is not the vibe. (laughs) What were the other symptoms that you were experiencing because of that imbalance? A lot of acne, um, just like intense cystic acne. I still have like a lot of scarring from it and just like some little like lumps that are just like, I think permanently just like under the surface that I probably have to get like surgically removed, but really bad cystic acne, like all over my face, neck, back. Um, My skin was the biggest thing. And it's, it's funny because I would be prescribed antibiotics like doxycycline, which a lot of people have been on for their acne. And I would notice that, yeah, my acne would temporarily get better. Um, And of course, antibiotics are anti-inflammatory. So I'm sure that's part of it, but it was also that gut modulating aspect that temporarily it was killing off some of the unproductive species that are producing toxic compounds that are then affecting your skin and you know overloading your detox pathways. So um, yeah, it. I realized if this antibiotic is temporarily helping, but then making certain things worse, like giving me a yeast infection or making my acne worse when I stop it, I'm temporarily kind of getting to the root. I'm, I'm getting a clue about the root, but I'm not fully taking care of it in a holistic way where I'm also like, I'm weeding, but then I'm feeding the the mm. bugs and the diversity that I want to come back so that I can actually have, I can crowd out the um, pathogenic or like the overgrowth um, species. Sure. So yeah, I um, that's kind of what led me towards experimenting with some gentle antimicrobial herbs and then diversity of fibers that will then act as prebiotics and feed the species that I want to stick around. And it was a very long journey, but I, I had to do a lot of... Um, antimicrobial protocols and just teas every day and changing my diet and getting rid of the foods temporarily that were feeding the overgrowths. And then just slowly over time, my skin just got better and better and better, but it took years. You know, you really can't kill your gut overnight. And there's also this emotional journey that comes alongside it. Because another one of my symptoms from my gut health being off was anxiety and depression and still can come back when I'm not taking care of my gut. And um, yeah, the emotional and the physical, they go together always. That's what's so crazy about gut health is you're like, wow, gut health can lead to, can be a factor in anxiety and depression. And you don't, it's like when we're eating poorly or when people only have access to like nutritionally deficient food or food that is just not essentially made for us to consume on a daily basis, it's like it's leading to so much more than just obesity or heart disease or all these things. It's like it actually is making you feel unwell in your head. 
And there are evolutionary, you know, <laughs> reasons for that. You know, when you're, you know, when you're sick, you have a cold or something and, and you, you feel down. You feel like depressed and not just because you're sick. You just genuinely feel a little depressed and you don't want to go out. You don't want to do things. So nature was so perfectly designed that when we're sick, our production of inflammatory cytokines is elevated. So things like IL-6. And so those inflammatory cytokines actually create inflammation in the brain that makes us a little bit more antisocial so that we don't go out and spread the cold that we have. You know, it's like that's an evolutionary kind of mechanism. With gut health, you know, you're not, you don't have a cold one time with gut health, you're, you're off balance. So you're producing elevated inflammatory cytokines and other molecules every single day. So inflammation of the gut is inflammation of the brain mm-hmm. is inflammation of literally everything. It can, it can manifest anywhere. Something I'm so excited to talk to you about because I've loved this and I, it's my obsession is walking. Oh my God. I fucking love walking. <gasps> I'm, everyone's like, if you want to hang out with Krista, you're walking. Same. Yes. That's how I hang out with people. Yeah, I'm taking a walking meeting in 15. Yes, here <laughs> no, the I'm end. Like I'm just like, walking is the vibe. That's mm-hmm. how I connect with people. It's everything. And I've loved your journey with walking and yeah. even like, oh my, your body. Thank you. <laughs> it's unreal how Thank it's you. changed. So I'd love to talk about this because me and Lindsay are like the biggest fans. Thank you. Yeah, I I love walking. It's so simple. My new mantra in life ever since taking mushrooms is it's easy. There's so many things that we just overcomplicate. Yes. So before, like even just before doing a task or like opening a jar, I'm like, it's easy. And I, I shift it. So why can't we have that same attitude about exercise? There's, there's no reason yes. to overcomplicate it and even have to call it exercise or I'm going to get a workout and I'm just going to go walk and move my body because that is what my legs are designed to do. Um, and really, there's nothing that replaces consistency. Mm-hmm. The same way with a skincare routine, you could use pretty much any skincare. As long as you're consistent, you're going to see results, right? It's the consistency that can't be bought. Same with walking. As long as you stick with it and continue to kind of challenge yourself and maybe go a little extra this day or you know, whatever it is, it's it's not just changing your musculature. It's also changing your insulin sensitivity. You know, walking actually has hormonal and metabolic benefits. So it's making you more sensitive to insulin so that you can metabolize and digest and use carbohydrates more efficiently instead of metabolizing them not as efficiently and perhaps holding on to excess weight or having some hormone issues like PCOS. So just a, you know, a 15-minute walk each and every day can change how you metabolize carbohydrates. And that is enough to change your body composition. Never mind if you start to do hills and actually engage muscles or you know, if you go for multi-mile walks and, and like, you know, burn some calories perhaps. Like that's, that's secondary. I was in fitness before this and I love my fitness friends. <laughs> Please keep making moves. Oh. But the most extreme transformation I've seen in my body and just, yeah, is walking. Literally getting up and walking a few miles every day has just changed everything before I was doing so many HIIT workouts. And by the way, like the mental aspect Mm. of walking and then the mental aspect of killing yourself at the gym. Yes. Oh, I love that. It's like very, it's very interesting because we think we can do hard things. Yes. Dude, why have we heard that every second? I don't know. Literally, we've heard that. It's like on cabs now. And I'm like, oh. And yes, we can do hard things. Yeah. And I don't know if when I would do workouts where I was like, I'm, fucking miserable here. Mm -hmm. This doesn't feel good on my body. Mm -hmm. Mentally, I'm just unhappy here. I don't know if that was making me do other hard things. 100%. So um, I think what 
what actually walking has allowed me to do. And I'd love to hear what your experience has been is like, is kind of, again, like see and feel beyond the self. You know what I mean? Like it's really, you're moving energy as you walk. The thoughts are coming in and they're coming out. You see a beautiful bird in a bush. You're like, ooh, okay, thought gone. You know, it's like, it's this laundry cycle of sorts as you're walking. And so that actually has helped me to do hard things. So I'm like, not only do I have a peaceful walk around the corner, you know, but also like I'm just able to kind of be more mm, like centered and understanding. It's like, you're able to see farther. I think you're also listening to your intuition. Because when you're in those other workouts, it's like your intuitive is like, no, I don't want to be here. But you're like, you need to be here. Yes. You need to be here to look a certain way, to weigh a certain amount, yes. to whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember with Milana, one time we were talking and we were talking about Barry's bootcamp. I think we went somewhere maybe when we were on tour. And I was like, it's so weird because I'll look in the mirror at Barry's bootcamp and it's like, I'll have an out-of-body experience where I actually can't see myself. It yeah. all looks blurry. It was a very weird, like spiritual experience. And I'm like, to vision. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I would be literally leaving my body every time because yeah. it was just so, so stressful. Much, so stressful. Yes. And I realized with like really slow Pilates or walking, it's like I'm fully feeling my body and I leave my body enough during the day. Yeah. Like yeah. we leave our bodies all the time. And I'm like, how can I do things that are getting myself more in my body? Mm-hmm. There's intention in it. Yes. My other mantra is go slow to go fast. Slow Pilates, slow walking. You're intentionally, you're taking the time to be present. You can only be present when you're taking your time. So yes. yeah, how present can you be in a Barry's bootcamp where you're like trying to hold on to <laughs> sweet life, fighting for yes. your life? But also it goes back to that question I asked myself earlier. What is my goal? Like you said, with a hit workout, what is my goal? Okay, yeah, to look a certain way, to fit into these jeans, to have an ab crack. What is my goal with walking? It's a totally different goal. And maybe for you, if you can think and realize that walking is easy, that your workout of the day was easy. Maybe other things actually feel easier too, rather than like having to always do hard things. What if things weren't that hard? What if we just flip them? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, both of you guys, like your bodies have changed completely since walking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) weird because you can stick to it. Yeah, there's nothing that replaces compliance and consistency. It's like the same so with true. with my herbal formulas. I made them in glycerite so that they're sweet because no one's gonna take an alcohol tincture every single day because it tastes horrible. I know the glycerite's so key. It's key. <laughs> it's great, babe. No one I'm is gonna like, take it. <laughs> like it's great. That's more it's of the got that round way. flavor. I'm like, yep. It does. Yes. It's sweet. It's enjoyable. It's, yes. You're going to be compliant. My goal is for you to continue taking it so that you can get well, so that you can feel better. I don't want you to take it once and be like, oh, it's disgusting. And then force yourself to take it every day and hate it. Like that's not mm. the experience that I want someone to have. So what can I do to be compliant? Like if you have, a, if you really want to do something, if you really have a goal, you just have to ask yourself, what can I do to make it easier for me to be compliant with this? So the holidays are coming up and I know a lot of you might be spending time with your loved ones. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I hear some beautiful but the same stories for my loved ones kind of over and over. And I always love hearing them, but I hope that I remember them. And so when I found StoryWorth, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the perfect gift both for me and like my siblings, but also for like my grandmother, for example, to be able to capture her story. Yeah. My grandfather is 98 years old. Mm -hmm. So I was with him over the holidays in Florida and he's someone that is very much impacted my life. 
but I also feel like I don't know him. I feel like I really just know the certain version of him, like the grandpa version of him, the older version of him. So to be able to really just like see the human mm-hmm. that he is through something like StoryWorth has been so powerful. And to find new ways to love and know our families is something that is just so incredible. And when we think about being the people we want to be and living the life that we want to have and you know, loving as many people as possible or being in right relationship with people. It's like, how can we humanize people yes. through things like StoryWorth? So this is how it works. Every week, StoryWorth will email your loved one a single life-related question that you pick from. Like they have a collection of questions like, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? Or what's the farthest you've ever traveled? All they have to do is reply with a story. Then after a year, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories, memories, and even any photos into this gorgeous hardcover book. So it's like this keepsake that you have forever. It's such a great gift and just like very much encapsulates these stories and just keeps them in such a beautiful way. So for our listeners, we're excited. StoryWorth is offering $10 off your first purchase, storyworth.com slash almost 30. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H.com slash almost 30 to save $10 on your first purchase. I think you guys are going to love this one. I loved the questions myself mm-hmm. seeing them. And I really think it's going to be something that really makes the people in your life super happy and that you can keep forever. Storyworth.com slash almost 30. Did you know that the drugs we take to manage period cramps were invented in the 1950s and exclusively tested on men? (laughs) What? It's literally outrageous that there hasn't been more innovation when it comes to periods. Deloon is changing that with dietitian formulated solutions that relieve our symptoms while actually supporting cycle health. Because our cycles affect every aspect of our wellness period pain, mood, sleep, skin, metabolism, energy, and more. I, I don't know about you, but you know, some, some months I'm like, oh my gosh, like everything has to stop, but it really can't because I'm experiencing, you know, really bad cramps or headaches, fatigue, you, bloating, you name it. I've really tried a lot of things and While I think I've gotten most of my symptoms under control, it doesn't mean they still don't happen and kind of disrupt my flow. So I was really excited to find Deloon and recommend it to a lot of my friends and they have been absolutely loving it. I was talking to a friend the other day that experienced like really, really bad periods, cramps and just all these symptoms. And she was so happy uh, to try Deloon. She's noticed that her symptoms have subsided. They don't last as long. They're not as intense and she can really just be in her life, which is really nice. So Deloon Nutritional Solutions are dietitian formulated to work with your cycle health, not against it. It'll help you all month long while also relieving your cramps and PMS during your period. Deloon creates effective drug-free supplements for period cramps, PMS, and optimal cycle health. So you can get the relief you need naturally, which I'm all about, and start feeling like your best self. So if you want high potency, fast acting supplements for your period cramps, PMS, and really getting your cycle health in its prime top condition, like 92% of their customers report, 
that relief, try to loon. Leave bad periods behind and start the new year off with 23% off. Go to cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. If Deloon isn't the right match for you, your money back is guaranteed. That's cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. I would love to talk about how how you found herbalism and... I mean, I'm just so, you feel so like incredibly integrated and embodied in this world where like it just rolls off your tongue. You know, like you are, you know what I mean? Like you are an expert. And I find sometimes um, the science sits over here and like the products sit over here. And I just feel like you've done such a beautiful job of like integrating into who you are and the brand. And I think that is, the way in which people are going to find brands like yours and get well and really stick to it because it truly makes sense the way in which you deliver and explain it. So we'd love to know how you found herbalism. It was all gut health. It really was. It was just, I was just so miserable with what was going on with my gut. And I had so many other things in my body that were going on at the same time because of it that I was told were unrelated, but there's just this big picture and, and they're all related. Um, and so, yeah, I was in college. I was actually pre-med at the time because I, I had so many health issues and, and digestive issues and it just didn't feel well. And so I said, well, maybe since I can't get answers from my doctor, maybe I should become a doctor and like just try to figure it out. And um, pre-med was great because it gave me my science classes and it, I would have chosen a totally different degree, which I did change to. Um, so if I had just started with my psych and marketing degree, I would have never taken like the robust sciences and chemistry and biology and all that. And I'm really glad that I had that foundation because I do love science. Um, but I realized I, I got so sick from the stress of pre-med that I was actually having um, really swollen lymph nodes in my armpits and my groin. And I was having like just these weird things happen to me. My skin was like, looking a little ill. My liver enzymes were elevated. And my doctor was like, again, I just don't know what's going on with you. You might have an autoimmune disease, but you don't have any markers yet, any antibodies. We'll just have to wait and see for when they do come up. Like it was just, it was just never an answer and always a, here's another antibiotic. Mm -hmm. Just go home and rest. Oh, maybe you have Epstein-Barr. Maybe you have this. We'll test, we'll check. And it was just never a solid answer. So I was just sitting in chemistry one day and was so hot and was my gut was, my stomach was killing me. It was bubbling. It was making noise. I was like, I need to get out of here. So I just left class, got in my car and typed on Yelp, like um, traditional Chinese herbalist near me and went to like this shop where this guy had a bunch of herbs and he was in the back and he like reads your tongue and does acupuncture in the back and then tells you what herbs you can buy. And it's like his little shop. And I just drove right there. And again, I had like those elevated liver enzymes. I had all this stuff going on. I walked in, he's like, stick out your tongue. I'm like, okay. I stuck it out and he's like, oh my gosh, you have so much liver heat. There's so much heat in your liver, in your stomach. You have yeast, you have parasites, you have this, like you need to fix your gut. Um, and he sent me home with a few different things. He sent me home with like an, an antiparasitic, antimicrobial formula to start working on my gut, bacteria, overgrowths, parasites. Um, and then he also sent me home with some pure cranberry juice for my kidneys to keep kidney drainage open while I was doing all this. And then also sent me home with SEAC tea which is like just a, an overall alternative. Like it's, it's a class of herbs that we call alternatives because they open the amongteries. They just open up 
the elimination um, organs like the liver, the kidneys, the lymph, all that good stuff. So just gentle liver, lymphatic, kidney herbs in the Essiac tea as well. And he had just had me take those for a week. And for the first time in weeks, my swollen lymph nodes started to go down. Even just like my cystic acne, the, the really hot like red and purple bumps started to like flatten a little and they were less tender to the touch. And I'm like, oh, things are moving. Oh, okay, there's something oh. here. And yeah, from then on, I just, I, I was self-taught. I went to all these different herbalists and acupuncturists and started to read books. And then I found an herb school. And then I went to Arborvitae School of Traditional Herbalism, which is right here in, in Brooklyn. And I went to herb school and I just fell deeper and deeper in love with it and, and really like learning about the personalities of the plant and how you match a plant to someone's, you know, essence in a sense. <laughs> it just clicks for me. And I'm like, oh, this is the language that they speak. And I just, I loved the lens. I loved it so much. It just, it made sense to me. And that would make sense why psilocybin is like, mm-hmm. works for you too. Yeah. You know what I mean? That it's like such a fit. But um, last question for me, I know the wedding is like, you're kind of talking <laughs> about the wedding. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. It's like, such a portal and a process. And I loved that you kept it private. And, you know, like, what's your journey been with getting engaged? Because for me, it felt like I was so excited, but also it felt like I'm so independent. And I just, it was like a process for me to step into being like, I'm going to be a partner. Now I'm forever going to be a partner and we're a unit. And we've been together for 10 years, but I never really took that seriously. And so I had to do a lot of like work on being like, okay, what does partnership mean to me? What does this mean to me? So I'd love to hear about your journey with like being a fiance. Uh, well, Nick and I have been together for 10 years too. So oh my God, okay. Oh, wow. I just hit our 10 year. Really? Oh, I love that. <laughs> um, and And I think it makes it all the more special in a sense, because after you're together for so long, but like we kept it, we kept it open instead of, you know, just committing when we were younger because we we were so young. We got together when we were when I was 18, right? When he was 20. Um, and we knew that we would change over time. We knew that we'd become different people. We, you know, you don't just grow in a straight line. So we wanted to leave it open for each of us to have the freedom to become who we were going to be and to just keep checking in if like those two people were still compatible along the way. Um, and because we had such a strong friendship starting out, that was really that came really naturally for us. And I'm, and as we talked about, like in my the engagement podcast <laughs> episode, um, there was definitely times where I don't think like Nick loved the person that I was, or we oh, kind wow. of were confused. You know, he always loves me, but I think he was just like, she'll come back. Like she'll, she's just exploring right now. She's just, uh, you know, times when I was mm-hmm. maybe selfish. I don't yes. know. I could just mm-hmm. feel it. And and same for him. It's just like, okay, who who does this person want to be? Like, what are their goals? Like, you just you need time and space to grow and and be sure. And it should be a commitment that you want to make, not because you feel like you have to get engaged in your early twenties or whatever. So yeah, once he proposed, it was like you go from making a passive choice to be with someone to making an active choice. And just again, intention is everything. Just the intention that you infuse into every moment of your life and every partnership in your life was so clear in that moment. And it was so felt and it really did change things. Like even though it doesn't change anything, it changed everything. Um, And yeah, we he proposed on our podcast episode. I originally was telling you guys that I wanted him to like have a camera crew and capture this moment forever and every angle and have all my friends there and we're gonna party afterwards. But he did it really privately, just like with like my my sweet team. And 
he, um, yeah, he still got it on tape because our, our videographer was there to record our podcast episode, but it was after we recorded our 10 year anniversary Q&A and reflected on our life together. And then he popped the question and then we just went out to dinner at Hotel Bel Air after and had their gluten-free seed bread. And that's all I needed in my life. Oh my I know. <laughs> and it was just the best. And then we, we oh. kept it private for... Well, I surprised my friends when I got home. I, I should like showed them the video privately. I kind of like messed with them too and surprised them. And it was just like me and Nick that knew at first. And then it was just me and my girlfriends that knew for a little bit. And then we told our families. And then eventually when we released the podcast, we told the internet. So I, it was so nice to wait to tell mm. the internet. Like I'm just realizing, especially with the self-centered journey that like not everything has to be on the internet, even yes. if you're an internet person. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And as you're approaching, when is, do you know when the wedding is? So we haven't set a date cool. yet. Yeah. Just everything with COVID is still up in the air. I'm just like, ah, I want to feel into it more. I just, for me, it's like I, I tell my team all the time, when I know, I'll know. And when yes. I know, I'll let you know. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Do you have anything that you're like non-negotiable? This is kind of how you or you both envision. Mm, it has to be intimate. It has to be like, I don't want any extravagant planning. I don't want to like choose what flower. I just want it to be like done and simple and sweet. Like I don't want to mince over the details. I want time spent with family. It's a little Mm -hmm. confusing because my mom is sick. So I don't think she's going to be able to travel. So I think we'll probably have one really intimate like family ceremony in New York so that my parents can be there. And then I would love to do a destination wedding for like the the you know, ceremony and reception and all that because I, what I learned from my engagement party when I like left my body during that because I was so stressed and all the pressure and getting the perfect photos and how am I going to post all this and explain it? Yeah, what I learned from that was that I want it to be stress-free. I don't want to like care about the decisions or the orders. I don't, it's, it's about literally having four or five days or however many days to just spend with my people and have lunches and dinners with them and conversations by the pool and time to look at each other and be with each other because when I had my engagement party and you know it's a four or five hour party and you have all these different groups of people that you love, you have to just like make the rounds and make sure everyone's comfortable. And where's like the quality time in that? You know, I I want to celebrate quality time with the people who have supported us to get to this point, who've been there when we needed advice or when we needed like a, you know, a friend to just come in and give us a reality check or whatever. Like all of those people have allowed us to have this union and have been part of our relationships. So I want to honor that. Yeah, mm. that was my number one because ours was um, destination. So we had like day, three days before and then most of my friends stayed after on our honeymoon. So our honeymoon was like all with our friends. It was the best. Oh. And that was my intention. I was like, I want to just get such quality time with everyone. So I feel like there's never like, hey, like it, everything felt like a continued conversation. It just felt like we were all hanging. Now everyone for my wedding is like super close. Like everyone that didn't know each other and... I felt really good about like the intentionality of like the time spent and it sounds like yours is like the same. Yeah. I'm so excited to see it. You're just going to do such a good job with it. You're going to be so beautiful. It's going to be amazing. Um just for our, our listeners, like what are you excited about? What can they look forward from you this year? Ooh, I am going to be hopefully before the end of year, maybe around Black Friday, I might be launching a tea line. So right now I have tinctures, I have capsules, I have one tea, which is my microbiome tea for lung health and immune health. It's it's literally Christmas in a cup. Um, But I want to launch an entire tea line because again, as I've grown into my own 
practice with intention and ritual, he has become so important for me. Just the ritual of choosing what is my body feeling into today? What do I need today? Smelling it, touching it. It's a way to really be with your medicine. Um, and it's it's just such a special practice to watch the color change and watch them brew. And that's a meditation in itself and can change the course of your day. And then you're getting minerals and polyphenols and phytochemicals that are modulating your gut and you're getting nervine herbs, right? Like it's, I get just get so excited about teas. And mm. we formulated some really delicious, really vibrant and beautiful blends. And that'll be on organiclivia.com. Oh my soon. God, I can't wow. wait. <laughs> I'm a tea girl now. Yes. I, I stopped and now mm-hmm. I'm full tea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. Yeah. Sometimes when you just need a moment, you need to take your breath. And Having it iced you. has been key. Yes. Iced tea is life. Yes. I used to be like, okay, only hot. And then I was like, ugh. Herbal yeah. iced tea is delicious. So a little bit of honey. I'm all about yes. putting honey in tea. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. we're not going to do a no sugar thing. We're do a <laughs> yes. honey. honey is good for you too. I mean, yes. it, it has antimicrobial so properties, even though it's a sugar. It's mm-hmm. it's a beautiful food. Nectar of the gods, baby. Yeah. This has been so much fun. I'm Truly. so glad you guys, we were also um, on What's the Juice. So you can listen to our episode there. Her podcast is amazing. And then in the show notes, we'll have everywhere. You can find all the products. Magic Main mm-hmm. is life. I have shared about it a lot because I talk a lot about hair growth. I shared about it a lot. So you guys know there's so many great products on her website. And yeah, we're glad to have you. Thank you. And we can give you guys a code for your listeners. Oh, yeah. oh, Maybe yeah. for me and Magic, we could do like a code if okay. you guys are interested. Oh, any of them. That. Okay, we'll put that, that in your intro. Beautiful. All right, guys, we love you. Love you. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>